listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Mark Kirkendall. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday service now. Amen. Thank you so much, Mark. And as I look out in front of me, I see a lot of smiling faces let me just say, the first group that came in here the first hour, good-looking group, but y'all take the cake now. Gotta, but y'all don't tell them that I said that, okay? As Mark explained, I'm one of the, the leaders, along with my wife, here at Bethel Bible Church. We uh, lead the youth here. We're absolutely blessed to do that, uh, to serve here in this beautiful community of believers at Bethel Bible Church. Uh, we've been coming here for years, started out at the uh, South campus and made our way over here once we moved to White House. And, and let me just say, I've said this to Clint and I've said this to Mark, that we have grown more in our walk with God and our relationship with Him just being in this community of believers because they truly raise up leaders and there is discipleship going on here, which is exactly what God has called each and every one of us to do, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. That's not what we're preaching about today, but if you have been here the past few weeks, then you know that the topic has been salvation. And if you're like me, you have gained a much broader view of salvation, a much greater appreciation, and a love, and a, and a restored joy of the plan of salvation that God has for each and every one of us. Now, we are breaking from that today. I've prepared something different. That's something that God has laid on my heart to open up His Word and, and to preach the truth from this. Um, and today, uh, we are going to do that and look at a question that we're going to seek the answer for. Okay, that question is this. Who are we? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I know some of you, you know, maybe you're very comfortable in who you are. Some of you in this journey we call life, you're still trying to figure out who you are while some of us have experienced enough life that it has smacked you right in the forehead, knocked you flat of your back, and then all you're left to do is stand up and look at a mirror and you don't even recognize the person that's in that mirror anymore and you're asking, who am I? Well, the, the point of this whole sermon is I pray at the end of this that every one of us, regardless of where you fit and out of those scenarios, that every one of us have a clear view of who we are. Now, I want to do that by just sharing with you a little bit of a side story to get things going here. You know, when I travel, I'll be going along the interstate and I will make just about any excuse there is to pull off the interstate into one of those Bucky's rest stops. Absolutely love Bucky's. Why? Because they have everything we need. Y'all, I have literally walked into a Bucky's with my tennis shoes on and walked out with flip-flops on. I've walked in hungry and I've walked out being filled. I've walked out and seen something that might look good on my mantle because they have a store and home goods, everything. But the one thing that I will go in there for above every other thing is, y'all, they have some clean restrooms. 
And let me tell you, they pride themselves in those clean restrooms. They advertise it that way. But I'm not here to talk about Bucky's. I'm actually to tell you, here to tell you a story about another experience with a restroom that was actually cleaner than Bucky's. Never thought that would happen, but this happened to me. And all of you are aware of this, this particular place. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that this is a lot of, a lot of y'all, this is probably your jam. You probably frequent this place multiple times during the week. And this place had clean restrooms, and, and you're going to be shocked, maybe, when I tell you where it's at. Y'all ready for this? I need a drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. The place I speak of is Walmart. A.K.A. Wally World. And some of you are just looking at me and saying, no, sir. No, sir. No way does a Walmart restroom even add up close to the status of a Bucky's restroom. I promise I'm getting somewhere with this, so just hang in there with me. So this particular day, I'm walking into the Walmart, and, and I walk through the, the restroom door, and I'm looking, and I think, wow, man, this is really a clean restroom. And so I proceed to the stall and I'm sitting there in my life. Everything is going just hunky-dory and feeling great. And I'm, things are going as planned until somebody comes and sits in the stall next to me. I just saw some of your eyes get this big. I promise I'm going to keep it clean. Okay? So I'm sitting there and I look down and I get to studying the feet of the person next to me. And y'all, that's when it hit me. Oh. oh, that's when it hit me that men do not have pretty feet like that. And then all of a sudden, I realized that I had messed up. And just like in a movie scene where you see somebody's life flash before their eyes, that black tunnel vision, boom, beads of sweat start popping out of my head. And I'm praying, Lord, please no. Lord, please no. Lord, please do not let another woman come in this restroom. I'm sitting there and finally, my plan was as soon as she gets out of the stall and she's out of here, I'm darting out of here. I'm getting this part of my life behind me never to be remembered again. And I'm just going to get out of here as quick as I can. Well, the time finally came and, and, and she got out of there and I said, this is my moment. So I got out of the stall and I darted towards the door almost almost unnoticed until of all people a Walmart employee walks in carrying the mop bucket closing the door behind her she turns around whoo eyes this big whoo my eyes that big and she says sir you are in the ladies restroom and I said I am so actually I didn't say a thing I just ran past her and I got out of there and let me tell you, God's mercy was on me that day because that Walmart was out of state. I'll never see that lady or that Walmart again. And if I ever go to that state, I will never visit that Walmart again. So two little side, two points to make from that little side story right here. Number one, ladies, your restrooms are cleaner than ours. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the truth. Now, that's written up there. You can write that in your notes, but you don't have to because that's not a point you should have to remember today. You probably already know that, but this is one that I will be coming back to, and it's point number two from that little side story, and it's this. Number two, it's time to move when where you are doesn't match 
who you are. I'm going to say that one more time and we'll come back to it later in the sermon. Number two, it's time to move when where you are doesn't match who you are, which begs the question again that we're going to be searching for is who are we? Who are we? And I think the best place, I know the best place for us to decide that, determine that, figure that out, is to go to God's Word, to go to the beginning of the book, to go to the beginning of creations. I'm going to be reading out of Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. You can follow along in your Bibles. It's going to be up on the board. But I'm going to read it right here. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. It reads and says this, Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image in the image of God. He created him male and female. Female, he created him. Now, friends... Isn't it awesome that when we truly want to know who we are, that we do not have to flip too many pages in this Bible right here before God himself starts identifying who we are. This is where this all starts for us right here. This is coming to the first point of who we are. And that first point is this. Number one, we are created in the image of of God Almighty. Amen? Now, I know you've heard that in your life. You've read it. I've heard it. I've read it. But truly, what does that mean? I'm going to say it one more time. We are created in the image of God. Wow. Think about that just for a second. The image of God, the creator of everything, the one who hung the stars and the moon and the sun and the sky, the same one who spoke everything into existence from the tiniest microorganisms to the largest planets and stars that are light years away, everything in that expanse between here and there, tiny and small, God created it. And out of all those things, he chose us to be created in His image. Wow, that's awesome. But what does that mean? You know, I, I, I tried to reason this in my own brain, and so I, I, I went to my life here on earth. You know, God creates so many examples that parallel our relationship with Him with our relationship with our spouse. And so I, I thought, I'm going to take this to uh, a genetic Thing And I started thinking about growing up how complete strangers would come up to me and they would say, wow, you have beautiful eyes. Say thank you. And, you know, growing up, I got that a lot. And then now that I have 600 kids of my own (laughs) and I love all 600 of them, but they're getting the same thing, you know, and and we we call those eyes, those rivers eyes, those big eyes. Actually, I get it on both sides. My mom has big eyes as well, but we call them those rivers eyes. And those eyes are big. Those eyes, you can tell when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're mad, when they are sleepy. When they're mad, they 
they get bugged out like this. You can, you can tell. And May May, my little girl, her eyes are so big that when she tries to go to sleep at night, she can't even close her eyes on the way the first, all the way. The first time we discovered that, it kind of freaked us out a little bit. And we've had fun with friends when they come over and they say, look at that, she's sleeping with her eyes open. So while we were created to bear physical genetic resemblance of our family, guess what? Bearing the image of God goes so much deeper than that. It goes so much deeper than just appearance. And this is what I mean. So this is all falling under our point that we are created in the image of God. And this is how humanity expresses God's image in relationship. Again, humanity expresses God's image in relationship. And we see that when we look again at verse 26, when God says, let us, everybody say us, let us make man in our, everybody say our, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So I'm seeing the use of some plural words right there. So who is God talking to when he uses these words in the text of us and our? Well, some theologians would say this, and who is a theologian? If you've been listening on salvation, who is a theologian? All of us are theologians. It doesn't take a genius to be a theologian. It takes somebody who is seeking answers. Matter of fact, some theologians who have seeked answers of God and things above, they have come to the conclusion that there is no God. But nonetheless, that's a theologian. Somebody seeking those answers. So some people, some theologians would suggest that God is talking to the members of His court right here when He uses the words us in our or the sons of God, as they are called elsewhere in the Old Testament, or a more familiar word with me and maybe with you, angels, as they are referred to in the New Testament. But we know this, as followers of Jesus Christ, we know that we were not created in the image of angels, nor is there any indication whatsoever or mention in God's Word that angels had any part of the creation of human beings. Instead, we are confident in this, and we know that the use of us in our, when God is speaking in the text right here, that this is the first hint of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God three in one. Now this is important for us to bring up. This is important for us to see what God is saying right here because it sets up what needs to be explained of humanity expressing God's image in relationship? So in order to do that, I want to confirm our understanding of the Trinity briefly by a few questions, okay? So these are not hard questions, they're quick answers, and I'm sure we're all going to make an A-plus on this one, okay? So the first question is this, is God love? Yes, God is love. Is God a relational God? Is He a God of relationship? Yes, He is, and He desires it. He created so that you and I would have first and foremost relationship with Him and community with one another as well. So yes, God is a God of relationship. 
Is he still the same God that he's always been? Absolutely. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, here's the one that some of you might hesitate just a little bit because there's different opinions of, of what the Trinity is, but is there just one God? Absolutely. If you thumb through this Bible right here, there's mention of there is only one God. Scripture says it all throughout. And so since we've all answered yes to these questions, then it's important for us to know that whatever God is right now, He has been forever. Whatever God is right now, He was way before creation. And He was not alone. And that is the beauty of the Trinity, is to understand that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have lived in this personal relationship for all eternity. The mention of this unity and this image of God, don't let that get out of your head, okay? The image of God, because remember, we're trying to figure out who we are. So this, this unity of the Trinity... This image of God that we are created in, and it's mentioned all throughout Scripture, with one example being after John had baptized Jesus in the River Jordan in Luke 3.22. And we're going to see all three persons of the one God represented right here in the Scripture of Luke 3.22. And it says, And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit descended, God the Holy Spirit right there, descended on him, him being God the Son, and then the voice that came from heaven, God the Father. And then you see that bond, that relationship with you. I am well pleased. We also see it in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, when it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. Y'all, while there are three gods, we cannot deny how distinct each one is. Because if we deny that, then we are denying God, His personal and relational characteristics. In other words, it's important for us to see that God was, God is, and God will forever be a relational God. He was before we came along, He was when we came along, and He will be far after we're gone. He is a relational God forever. We were created just like here at Bethel Bible White House, and as I mentioned, this beautiful community of believers. To me, it's a, it's a beautiful picture of what the church is, of what it is to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We were created for this, to be a well-functioning human community in His image. And this, my friends, this allows us to represent God in every area of our life. Every single area of our life. It allows us to establish a worthy relationship with first and foremost God. It allows us to establish a worthy relationship with our spouse, with our kids, with our parents, 
with our family, our friends, and with all creation. Now this image, it was perfect. God had a plan. This image was represented so well in the Garden of Eden. And it was this stage of humanity that man was crowned with honor and glory and they were, we were crowned as ruler of the earth. Now we see that again in the latter part of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, just to confirm what I said right there, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So there again, created in the image of God, what does that look like? How do we apply that to our life when we truly want to live in this image, when we truly want to know who we are? It's this. We were created to love. Why? Because God is love. He's always been love, and He will forever be love. And we love because He first loved us. Why do we bear this image of Christ that we were created in? We were created for relationship. Because for all eternity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have been in this perfect relationship with one another. We were created to rule. As it says that God gave dominion over all these things. Everything was perfect. Everything was perfect and just as God intended until the events that unfolded in Genesis chapter 3. And I think all of you know what I'm talking about. It's what we all refer to as the fall of man. That moment where sin entered the world and condemned us all. That moment when Adam and Eve took the forbidden fruit and sin then separated us from this union, this perfect relationship with God. But praise His name. Praise God that He had a plan in place all along to reconcile us unto Himself through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. But you know what? Before Jesus sends disruption and even now, Sin's disruption in the image of God for humanity has been causing havoc. Havoc today as well. People are experiencing these huge identity crises in their life. They don't understand who they are, who they were created to be. And this is the thing. There is still an enemy serpent whispering in the ear of those who would listen saying that you can be whatever you want to be as long as you identify with it. And you know what I'm talking about. You've heard the news of these national headlines. That's what people are saying. This culture and this world, is as long as you identify with it, you can be whatever you want to be. But God's Word tells us different. And the thing is, we're also influenced to put on an image other than that of God's, by what others have to say and think, about of, and think about us. Think about that influence, how big that is. If you're on social media, 
You're on Facebook and things and you start reading these news headlines. People start forming this identity other than that of God in their life. And sadly enough, a lot of us are guilty of this. I know I probably have been in my life as well that we start forming an identity of ourself, an image of ourself that's not of God by what we say and think about ourselves as well. But I'm just here to tell you, friends, that you, me, we are created in the image of God. And in that, there is no confusion because the image of God is perfect. There's harmony and there's unity. It has been, it will be, and it will be forever for all eternity. Anything else presented to you is an absolute lie. So the first point of this was, number one, we are created in the image of God. Number two, we are dead to sin. I'm going to ask the question, so what does that mean? You know, I've, I've heard this one also my whole life. What does it mean to be dead to sin? Because in our own power, listen, we are going to struggle. We are doomed to struggle unsuccessfully because of our sinful desires and our tendencies. So before we can understand what it means to be dead to our sin, let's just all be reminded that when we are born, we are dead in our sins. Every one of us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody say all. Did that leave anybody out? No. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So when we are born, we are dead in our sin. And Paul, Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And if you want to look on there, you can just look up on the screen. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Now, of course, Paul was not saying right there that, that we are physically dead, but rather that the life of a person who has not experienced a new life in Christ Jesus, they are characterized by a spiritual death. You know, we have had some storms here lately, and it seems like I can break open my weather app on the phone and, and I'm, I'm looking outside my window and it's like wind blowing sideways and rain and, and limbs are blowing like this. And I look at the radar and there's not much going on sometimes, just a concentrated red dot right over White House, Texas. And, you know, a lot of times when we have these storms that blow through, they leave behind debris. They will break a branch off of a tree and it'll fall to the ground. Now, at first, first observation of that branch, nothing really looks much different about it at the beginning stage of this other than the fact that it's detached from its life source at this point, right? But if you were to observe that branch for days, it, wasn't, it doesn't take long, maybe a day or two. Those green leaves, they start to turn pale. And eventually, there is no life left in that branch whatsoever, it withers up and it dies and it no longer produces the leaves that it used to produce or the beautiful flowers or fruit that it was made to produce. It withers up and it dies. Now, you might say that that's the bad news. 
right there. And that, that is some pretty bad news because every one of us are that. This relates to us as Christians as well. That is the bad news. If we were to close up shop right now and walk out of here, we may as well just say, well, I've got this sin in my life and if I'm, if I'm dead in my sin, I may as well pack things up and live this life the way I want to and it's all good. But that is not what God has called us to do. Because although that was bad news, here's the good news that Paul delivers right here in Romans chapter 6. And this is where I get excited because my God had a plan. My God had a plan for me. He had a plan for you. Matter of fact, He saw my face. He saw your face over 2,000 years ago when He was taking His last breath and when He is saying, it is finished. He saw you. He's not just a present God. He's a past God. And He knew you. He knew me before He even knit you together in your mother's womb. And He created you with great purpose. He created you in the image of God. He created you to be dead to your sins. So here's the good news. Y'all might see that I get excited about this one. And it comes in Romans chapter 6, verses 7 through 11. And it says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we also believe that we will also live with Him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die Again, death no longer has dominion over him for the death he died. He died to sin once for all. Hallelujah. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That models us exactly this image of God who we're meant to be is exactly what Jesus is in his relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit in relationship with Jesus, the three in one. We are to do the same thing. So that we also must consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. And just as Jesus Christ has died once, it says that he lives his life to God. This is for us as well. Now I want you just for a moment to picture. Remember that dead branch we were talking about? By this time, there's not a leaf left on the branch. It's exhausted every bit of life that was ever once in it. And it lies there desolate. It lies there with no hope except the intervention of someone to come in. That someone being a master gardener. A master gardener goes and, and picks up this dead branch. And he reaches out to this live tree and he grafts this dead branch into this live tree. And then all of a sudden, what once was dead has new life. Hallelujah. What once was dead has brand new life, has a brand new beginning. Y'all, we are that dead branch. Every one of us has to go through this in our life. God's not calling you to a better life from the one you had before. God is calling you to death. God is calling you to follow Him into the grave and to 
Come up in Him in new life, grafted into something you've never been grafted into before because before you were dead in your sins and now you are dead to your sins. The old life is past and here is the new. We are in Christ Jesus, created in the image of God and dead to our sins. We are not meant to live any longer in those sins. A lot of this culture will tell us, well, hey, I have this vice. Hey, I have these skeletons in my closet. Hey, I can't get over this sin, so I guess I'm going to live with it. I'm just going to wake up in the morning and face God's mercies that are new each and every day. Praise the Lord. Yes, we have that. But guess what? Jesus Christ did not die the death that we deserve and give us life eternal that we should walk in every day so that we wake up every day still dead in our sins. He gave us this life and this life to live to the full so that we can wake up every day bearing our cross and following Him, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit and knowing that we are going to mess up along the way. Yes, we have this mercy, but do not settle. Do not settle for anything less than the image of God. Do not settle for your sin because Jesus Christ conquered that sin once and for all. Instead, know who you are. Know who you are and live in that every day. Live in that dead to your sin and saying, Lord, here I am. So maybe, just maybe, you found yourself where you don't need to be in this life. You remember that second point that I made earlier with my little Walmart mishap? I said that it's time to move when where you are at doesn't match who you are. So maybe somebody here, you know you're in the wrong place. Life circumstances has brought you to a place that you know you shouldn't be there. It's time to move. Maybe you're just discovering for the first time who you truly are in Christ and you say, I'm putting off the old. I understand that this life isn't, isn't for me, that it's all about Jesus Christ. He wants me to live the best life in Him, not separated from Him. And He wants me to do that every day and follow Him, bearing my cross. It's time to move if you're just now realizing that. We're not meant to stay in the same place. When the alarm sounds, it's time to pick up and go. Just like me, when I was running out of a stall, that sweet old lady scared half to death, me scared half to death, she told me that I was in the wrong place. And I knew it was time for me to get out of there because that is not who I was. When the alarm sounds, it's time to go. We're not meant to settle with our vices we're not meant to settle with our hang-ups. Instead, we are meant to know who we are and choose to walk in it every day. So, who are we? We are sons and daughters of a living God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are those who walk in the light as He is in the light. We are those of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We are created in the image of God Almighty, and we are those who are dead to our sin, no longer living in that. Praise the Lord and hallelujah. Amen. There is no cause, my friends. There is no cause for confusion for a life that is in Christ Jesus. Because He has answered our questions of who we are and we respond with, Here I am, Lord. I am yours. That the Lord of all the earth Would care to know my name Would care to see my hurt Who am I That the bright and morning star Would choose to light the way For my ever-wandering heart Not because of who I am but because of what you've done not because of what i've done but because of who you are i am a flower quickly fading in a day and gone tomorrow a wave tossed in the ocean a vapor in the wind still you Hear me when I'm calling, Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you've told me who I am. Oh, I am yours, I am yours. Mm. Who am I? That the eyes that see my sin Would look on me with love And watch me rise again Who am I That the voice that calms the sea Would call out through the rain And calm the storm in me Not because of who I am but because of what you've done Not because of what I've done Oh, but because of who you are I am a flower quickly fading Here today and gone tomorrow A wave tossed in the ocean A vapor in the wind Still you Hear me when I'm calling Lord, you catch me when I'm falling And you've told me who I am Oh, I am yours Oh because of who I am, 
But because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are, I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, a wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind, still you hear me when I'm calling, Lord you catch me when I'm falling, you've told me who I am, I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we are yours, Father. We thank you that Lord, we are no longer bound by sin and its shame, Lord, when we are in Christ Jesus. We thank you that we have an opportunity to kill the flesh every day and to wake up and to follow you, Lord, to wake up to your mercies that are new each and every day, Lord, to die to our sin. Most of all, Father, we are thankful that we are created in your image, your image that is beautiful, your image that is perfect and flawless, where there's unity, where there is love, where there is relationship, Lord, where there is authority, where nobody can pluck us out, Father, that we are there and we are secure in you. Father, we praise your name. My prayer is this, Lord, that we walk out of here confident in who we are, and confident, Lord, to move if it's time to move. Lord, to, to no longer walk in those things that you came and died so that we might have life and have it to the full. Father, we praise your name. We love you. And all God's people says, amen. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. And if you have any questions or comments, we want you to let us know. Simply send your thoughts to questions at BethelBible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.